Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. have a heck of a story and you're a up and coming but very already very successful leader in Juice Plus and I believe Juice Plus is still based in Nashville Tennessee yeah we're in Memphis uh, that's where the HQ Memphis. is so yeah go, going strong it's, it's been a, an amazing journey totally blessed to be involved and uh, it's a great company to, to obviously be aligned with so um, things are things are looking good all right, buddy. Well, tell us your story. Tell us who you were before network marketing and how exactly did you get introduced to network marketing? And what I want to know there is who introduced you? Name doesn't matter, but relationship matters. How did you know this person? And what exactly did they say to you that captured your imagination? Okay, cool. So um, my story is pretty crazy in the fact that I had no idea that network marketing even existed. Um, I'd, he I'd heard of Avon, but that was about it. But I didn't know Avon was network marketing. I thought Avon was just one lady that walked around Great Britain knocking on doors delivering catalogs. So um, at the time, I was a, I was a personal trainer. Um, I was working in a gym. I'd done, done loads of different jobs. I was a, a special needs assistant at a primary school. I was a postman for six weeks. Um, I wasn't very good at that, hence lasting only six weeks. And um, I got involved in personal training for kind of the same reason that a lot of people get involved in network marketing. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to help people grow. I wanted to help people get in shape and and kind of change their lives. And, and that's what I was doing. And you know what? I loved what I did. Um, but it was it was a business treadmill as well as kind of the physical treadmill that you were putting your clients on. I was starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, finishing at 10 o'clock at night, working weekends, never really had any vacation time. And all right, I was earning okay money. But obviously, when I didn't train anybody, I didn't earn a single penny. And uh, I kind of after falling in love with the whole thing, I started to fall out of love with certain aspects of it. So I was, you know, getting a lot of cancellations. People were letting me down. People were asking me for their money back, um, you know, for financial reasons. I mean, I got some crazy stories. One girl asked for a refund because a cat broke its leg and she didn't have pet insurance. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. I, was like, I love that. Yeah, I said, bring your cat down to the gym, we'll put it on the treadmill, we'll give it some rehab there, but um, I, had to, I had to refund her, so um, it was pretty crazy, and I, I, I guess, like, I'm a big believer in the universe, I'm a big believer in karma, and putting big, you know, big vibes out to people, and, and looking after other people more than yourself, and, you know, it's always good to help others, and that's kind of how I've always tried to live my life, like do things for other people that you'd want them to do for you if you were in, in need of advice or some help. And weirdly enough, an old school friend messaged me on Facebook and he said, I want to be a personal trainer. Can we meet up for a beer? I was like, yeah, of course, I'll meet up for a beer anytime. Um, I'll, I want some advice. I said, yeah, of course, I'll give you all my advice. I can tell you what I've learned over the years and what to do, what not to do and um, how to get on in the industry. And it was crazy, really. We met up for me to help him and give him a bit of advice, and he told me about a product. He told me about an opportunity, and I was skeptical. Um, and I always say, like, at events when I'm speaking, I say it's fine to be skeptical. Like, we've all been let down in life by certain things. We've all been ripped off here and there, you know, within our lives, and people have let us down. So it's all right to be skeptical, but don't ever be ignorant. And uh, I was skeptical, but I wasn't ignorant. So... I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go away. I'm going to research the products. I'm going to research the opportunity. It was crazy. I was like, How'd, where do you buy this stuff from? He was like, well, you can't buy it from any shops. I was like, well, how do you get it if you can't buy it from anywhere? He's like, you buy it from people. I was like, well, this, is, this sounds crazy. This sounds ridiculous. So 
I went away to research it. I went on the websites, and um, I was blown away by the concepts. And I, I remember just thinking, like, this is what I've been looking for all my life. It kind of runs through the same things that I want to do, is help more people get results. And then you get the added bonus of helping people build a financial uh, plan B alongside what they're doing as well. So, you know, I'll be brutally honest. I, I joined for me. I joined for for my reasons. I wanted to earn an extra £500 a month part-time, um, and that would pay the rent at the gym where I was working. So I was like, if I can just make that sort of money, then I'll be really, really grateful. It'll take the pressure off. It'll allow me to spend a bit more time at home. I won't have to work till 11 o'clock at night. I won't have to work as many weekends. And that's kind of all I saw with it, really. Um, I didn't really expect to, to earn what I've earned now and, and kind of have the story that I've got. And, you know, I made a total mess of it as well. <laughs> you know, I earned £16 in my first month. What's that, about $20, $25? I mean, imagine going up to your friends. I've got an amazing business opportunity. You can earn $25 a month part-time. It's risk-free. You know, it's like it's not going to get anybody to jump out of bed and get excited. So um, that's kind of how I got involved and. You know, first year I earned about so John, pounds. John, I, I want to take you back. I want to drill down and make sure I got this right. So this buddy of yours calls you up, and he says he wants to meet with you over a beer because he wants to be a personal trainer? Yeah, 100%, yeah. So I went there and to so give him how advice. Did he transition? how did he transition from that to network marketing? He just said, have you heard this product? What's ironic is he wasn't actually in the business. He wasn't actually a distributor himself. I ended up signing him up as my first front line. Um, so it kind of got flipped because I, I took the action after I'd seen it online. So he wasn't really, I don't even think he was prospecting me. He was just kind of sharing what he'd heard about this new thing that was out there that was launching. And obviously our company was around in, since 1993 when, when our product was launched. So it, was, it wasn't even like he was trying to prospect me. It was just like he, he was trying to get my advice on it and what I thought. And then obviously when I saw it online and I saw the websites and stuff, it just totally blew me away. The concept of being able to make money from anywhere in the world, build in different countries, build it online, you know, make new friends and travel the world and, and get to help more people. And that's kind of what I saw. So he ended up signing up so, um, front line to me. So who did you sign up under? So I basically then, when I saw it online, I put um, an email to the company directly and just said, I'm interested in getting involved in this. Can you get somebody to give me a call back? I've got a couple of questions, but I'm I'm 99% in. I just want to query a couple of things, and then that was it, and, I, and and there I went. So they put me in touch with my upline who lived locally to me. I went and I drove about 35 minutes to go and meet him. Um, he signed me up, and uh, the, the rest is, is history, kind of. I mean, the, the guy that prospected me at the beginning, or indirectly, I signed him up, but he actually quit after two weeks. He said it was too hard. Um, that, <laughs> that was his. I mean, imagine doing that in your, in your relationship, right? You've just got married, and you quit after two weeks after your first argument. So um, there you go. Some people were just built, you know, they've, got, they've not really got much of a backbone, but there you are. Wow. All right. Well, that's a very unusual start, but you know what? I believe, John, that you're a pioneer. I believe the future of network marketing is that people will learn about it. They are learning about it from a variety of sources, which won't necessarily be somebody that is looking to enroll them. It could be a news story. It could be on the internet. It could be somebody just researching income opportunities or a particular product like you did, and they discover it. So uh, hats off to Juice Plus for having a great website that inspired you to learn more and more about the product and the opportunity. And, and hats off to you for being open-minded and being curious and bringing a bias for opportunity. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for stuff, you know. They, they they don't know what's out there, but they are looking for things, and that was me. And if you if you kind of believe in the, the law of attraction and the universe and that kind of stuff, which I'm a big believer in, that when I look back, it's easy to line the dots up. 
I was looking online for income opportunities. You know, I was, I'm the guy that would show up to an event if somebody said they're giving away free money. You know, I, I'd be the gullible guy that turns up with a load of bin bags ready to fill up. You know, it's like just in case it was true. So I, I kind of had this mindset of what if, what if this is possible? What if this could work for me? And then I obviously got into it a little deeper and uh, realized that it was possible and it's possible for anybody, anybody that's even on this call. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's totally open and it's totally, um, you know, it's there for everyone. So tell us about your start and tell us how did you work with your sponsor uh, and tell us a little bit about your sponsor. How long had your sponsor been in the business and – uh, you've obviously been very successful, which we'll get into your stats in a few minutes, but I'm curious as to what your sponsor's doing now. So, yeah, my sponsor at the moment, I think he's been out in playing golf in Arizona. I haven't seen him yet since I got here, so he's enjoying himself. <laughs> so uh, Rob was my upline. Rob came into the business, I think, about three years before me. He didn't really know what he was doing Um we got together. We didn't know what we were doing. We actually nicknamed ourselves Dumb and Dumber, um, and it kind of went, anybody that knows us through the company, they know the story about us kind of failing our way to the top because we didn't know what we were doing. There wasn't a blueprint. There wasn't anybody in the UK being successful, and, um, you know, we just kept looking for answers, and we, we, we formed a really, really strong friendship. And, you know, if I'd have just got involved in network marketing for the money, I wouldn't be doing it now um, because I wasn't earning any money. Like I said, my first check was was twenty five dollars. It was nothing. It was it was peanuts. But what I stayed for was the relationships. I stayed for the friends that I made. I stayed for you know the ability to kind of learn and grow and develop as a person. And and it's really weird looking back how it all sort of came together where we just kept going. We'll try that. No, that didn't work. We'll try that. No, that didn't work. That li that kind of worked a little bit, so we'll keep that. I remember doing an event, and there's a, there's a famous story within our company where it was just me, my upline, and a packet of biscuits. Like, we did an event. We invited about 100 people, and nobody showed up. We had banners. We had the product display. We had the PowerPoint set up, and the, you get the complimentary biscuits in the hotel, um, in the conference rooms, and we just sat there at the end. We ordered two pints of Guinness. We had this kind of depressed look on our face, almost like humorous. We ate some biscuits, and we drank our Guinness. And I remember looking at Rob saying, like, are we crazy or are they crazy? Like, are we crazy that we really believe that this is going to work for us? Because we've been trying it for a while now, and nothing's really coming of it. And uh, Or are they crazy that they just don't see it yet? And uh, we believed the latter, you know. We believed that if we just kept going, we just kept talking about it. And, it, you know, it comes back to the Jim Rohn line where if you, if you share a great idea with enough people, it will fall on good ears. And, uh, you know, I'd urge anybody on the call who's kind of struggling, who was where I was, just keep going. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when you meet somebody new. And uh, that's kind of where we were at. So... It was, a, it was a business built on kind of trial and error. It was putting a jigsaw piece together, but we're building that jigsaw piece to really good friends, you know, and we, we had fun. And I yep. would say, like, whatever you're doing, just have fun with it. Try and have as much fun as you can in this business because people join network marketing for something new, something exciting, something different. You know, you don't want to be making this thing stressful. They're already under enough stress in the current job, so make this as fun as possible. And that's what we did. Well, I think you, you hit on um, what I believe is a real key to people being successful in this business, John, and that is to find a running buddy, somebody that you can have fun with that's local, that you can do events with, you can go out on appointments with, you can role play with, you can brainstorm with, you can train with, you can do everything with, you know, travel with. Because like you talked about this epic event where you had 100 people and you had uh, a bag of biscuits, I suppose that would be like a box of crackers here in the United States. Uh, so you have a bag of biscuits and you have the banners and the PowerPoint and great expectations and nobody shows up. And, and what I have experienced is if you're alone in that situation, 
just like if you're alone at a coffee shop appointment that nobody shows up to, or you know, if you're alone and you drive two or three hours to you know, do an event for somebody and they cancel on you at the last minute, those experiences alone can be devastating. But if you're with a running buddy, devastating becomes hysterical. Yeah, you got it. And then you just have you just have fun and laugh about it. So I'm curious, you've said nothing really worked and you kind of put patchwork the thing together and I'm looking at uh the stats of your first ninety days. You say in your first ninety days you only sponsored three people and uh you considered yourself really bad at it. So you made hardly any money your first year. So tell us what happened between year one and year two such that you started putting some pieces together. What pieces did you put in place that made a difference? Yeah, I think the consistency of just going through the numbers. I I always say to my guys, like, you're the best distributor you've been now. Like, you're at your peak now. Like, tomorrow I'll be even better. The day after that I'll be even better. So right at the beginning when you join network marketing you kind of make a lot of mistakes and you've just got to you've just got to take that on the chin and go you know what this was the learning curve this is where unfortunately a couple of people if they'd have signed up with me now they'd probably been great at the business but because i didn't know what i was doing i couldn't really teach them the right way so setting people up for failure at the start because i was you know making a mess of it all i was i was spamming people i was you know, pitching them left, right, and center. I was coming from a place of what can you do for me rather than what can I do for you. Not because I was trying to get them to buy anything or join or anything. I just wanted it so bad for me that I couldn't contain my own enthusiasm. And it was like, why can't these guys get it? Um, After year two, I kind of softened my approach and I seemed to get a little bit more traction and built a customer base and from within that customer base, people started to refer the product for me a little bit. I had a couple of guys that were doing something, but nothing major. I think year two, I earned 8,000 pounds, which was kind of on track for where I wanted to be with my initial my initial uh, goal of the 500 pounds a month. And, um, you know, we were still doing events, but, but they weren't really taking off. And uh, then there was a catalyst moment in my business. And I got invited to a big convention. I went to to Dresden in Germany and I saw 6,000 people at an event. And it was all in German. I had no idea what any of these guys were saying. But just to walk in a room and see the company banners, the company presentations, the products everywhere, 6,000 people from the company sat in a room, I was like, wow, this is serious stuff. Like, this is something that we could do in England. Like, why aren't we doing it in England? You know, if the Germans are doing it, then we can do it. It was, you know, they might be better at soccer than us, but, you know, we can we can do something with this in the UK. And um, that was the catalyst moment for me. And I remember hearing a story. It was funny. I was stood with one of my other uplines, and he was there, and he had a pair of headphones in his hand, and he just threw me these headphones just as a lady was going up on stage to do her story about she just reached the top position. And she was basically saying she had all these reasons why it wouldn't work for her, but she found a way to build it, and she was building it from home, and she was pregnant, and she'd just bought a holiday home in Spain, and life was completely changed. And she was pitching a lot of the stuff out there that I really wanted. I wanted to be out in the sun. I wanted to build a business from home and spend less time in the gym. And then she came up with all these reasons why it worked for her, and I thought, if she can do it, I can do it, and I'm not pregnant, you know? <laughs> it's like, I've, I've not got any excuses. So, um, I, you know, I, I talked about this at an event that I was doing last night, and I just said, we've all kind of got a kryptonite, you know, Superman's got his kryptonite, and we all have our own kryptonite, whether it's negative self-talk, whether it's procrastination, whether it's, you know, um, hanging around the wrong sorts of people. And mine was, was um, drinking and partying too much. I was this young kid that, that liked to party. You know, I was a big social guy. And uh, I wasn't serious enough about my business. And I think you can be too serious, but sometimes not serious enough. And I, I wasn't serious enough about it. So I decided that, you know what, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. And um, 
I was like, I'm going to cut out drinking for 90 days. I'm going to do a 90-day game plan. I'm going to go to work on myself. I'm going to take this business seriously. I'm going to do a no chart. I'm going to stick it on my wall every time I get a no. I'm going to circle it. I'm going to go out there and speak to people. Massive action and just submerge myself in building my business. Cut out all distractions, which obviously being hungover on a Sunday slows you down for the week. You know, you're not in the right mindset. I removed all the kind of music from my car. I had personal development on. I had Jim Rohn. I knew it off by heart. And I just thought, if I can commit to this for 90 days, and then at the end of 90 days, if nothing's really happened, then maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe this isn't, isn't where I'm going to go. I don't know. But I need to give it at so least tell us what, days. So tell us what happened in that 90 days. What did you actually do in that 90 days? How many people... Did you invite? How many people did you enroll? So the first thing that I did, which was really key, is I, I had my list, and we did another event. But I went back to the people that were either in my business and doing nothing or hadn't really joined yet. And I went back to those guys, and I spoke to them on the phone, and I said, look, I know we've been trying it for ages. I know we've been doing it, and it hasn't really been working. But I've seen something now. I've come back from Germany, I've seen a vision, I've seen what's possible, and it, it was almost like they didn't hear what I said, but they heard the music, the passion, the enthusiasm in my voice that kind of meant that I don't know what this guy's really talking about, but he's that passionate about it, I am going to turn up to this next event. Um, we got more people, it was the kind of the first event where I'd had more people than I'd ever had before. I probably had about eight or nine people at this event, and we went up there and we delivered the event in such a way that it just moved people. They were moved emotionally by it. They were moved by the vision that we brought back. And that was the catalyst for it. So, in, you know, in combination with going back to the old list and going back to my old distributors and giving them a second chance, I remember saying to the girl who's like my best girl in the business, like the top, top earner in my business, um, I said, look, I know like, you've, you, you've been and you've done this stuff before with me and it isn't really working, but please, please, please just give me one more chance. Like, one more chance. Just come to this event on Sunday. If you come and you don't like it and nothing happens after this, you can delete my number, you can block me off Facebook, you can totally erase me from your whole life, like your whole memory. But just please give me one more chance because I think it's going to be different this time. And she came and she got lit up and she saw it. And then I remember looking on my office for the first time and it said, you have one distributor with five customers or more. And I swear to God, I like popped a bottle of champagne. I was partying. I was like, I can't believe it. Finally, finally, this is duplicating. Finally, something's moving. It was like, right. And if you can get one, if you can get one person to do it, then you can get two people to do it. If you can get two people to do it, you can get five people to do it. If you can get five people to do it, you can get ten people to do it. And I think finding your first good one is the hardest one to get. But once you get them, that opens up your mindset. It opens up your belief. And you just you just kind of feel this business. You know, I, I really feel like the business is something that's ingrained inside of you, your energy, your posture, your belief, the way you talk. And you kind of strengthen that as you're going through things within your business and when you're on your journey. And all you're ever doing is solidifying that belief in yourself, solidifying that belief in your company and your products, and also in the vision where you're going with it and, and the people that you're taking with you. And um, that was kind of the catalyst for me. And then from, from then on, like I always say, once you get momentum, you cannot stop. Like you've got to just keep pumping it and pumping it and pumping it. And uh, you know, I always use the analogy of the, the caveman rubbing the stones together. You know, he's rubbing those stones together to create a spark. And then once he gets that spark, he doesn't stop. He rubs even harder and harder and harder. Then he starts blowing oxygen onto the flame to get it going. Then he gets some, you know, some, uh, some little bits of grass, some dry grass, and he starts throwing that on it. Then he's chucking the firewood on it. And that's how he totally creates that, that inferno and that, that fire in his business. And it's, it's the same thing with us. So, um that's kind of where it all changed for me. I think so, it was roundabout day so, All right, stop, stop. Hold on, John. Hold on, John. Hold on. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> you've been at this five and a half years. It sounds like the first year was kind of bust. So that means four and a half years. And in four and a half years, you've personally sponsored 100 people, which in, in my experience is kind of a magic number if you want to build a huge empire 
in a in about a two or three year period, you got to personally sponsor a hundred people, so you can find some leaders like you because you never know who they are. I think everybody's curious, John. Uh, specifically, what did you do to find these hundred people? Were they people you already knew and you just prospected them differently than you did the first year? Or did you discover some niches and some approaches for finding people that worked where it didn't work the first year? Where did these hundred people come from? Yeah, I mean, for me, I... I, everybody I brought into my business, I knew personally. You know, I didn't build my business on social media. I know how to build a social media business because it's the same principles. It's relationship building, just a different tool. But everybody I brought into my business, I knew personally. Um, either old friends that I connected with or people that are that are trained. You know, a lot of my guys, my my business was my life. My personal training business was my life. So. People that I spoke to about my, you know, my uh, network marketing business were people that I already worked with on a personal trainer level or they came to my boot camps or something like that. And there was a few people on my chicken list that I never really had the guts to speak to about. It was like they probably won't, won't want to do it. They seem to be successful. You know, they've got a Range Rover. They, they look like they're doing great. And then obviously, like I said, when I got a f- my first good one, it kind of strengthened that belief in myself and where I was going, where I was like, you know what, what have I got to lose? And the other thing that I'd say is I tried to pitch above myself, and, and that is a great tactic in, in network marketing, like going after people that are kind of above you. But um, at the beginning, because my belief level was so low, they kind of just laughed me off. Um, so I started to pitch people that were on the same level as me, that liked the same things that I liked, that were into the same things. And I always, I always say like, Really dig deep down into who you are as a person. Like, what do you like? Why are you doing this? And uh, and then find out who you are. And then find out where those people are. Where do they hang around? So I was into training. I was into fitness. So it made sense to me to recruit people that were into fitness, that were into training, that wanted to spend more time in the gym and that were into what I was doing. And we had a common ground. We had a common relationship. We had something where we could talk openly about things. And then obviously recommending a product and a business opportunity was the next level for me because it fit in perfectly with what they were doing. Everything just kind of came together. But belief is... So what does, that, what does that sound like when you call somebody you know that has similar values in fitness and training? Um, what, do you, what do you say to them to ask them to take a look? Are you direct with people, like right out of the box, this is why I called, or do you chit-chat with people and then 10 minutes later invite them? What's your approach? Yeah, for me, it's always about the chit-chat before. I think if you're going in with that hard pitch, especially to people that know you, like, they want to know that you care about them first and foremost. Like, it's no use, hey, Dave, I've not seen you in five years. Do you want to join my team? Like, that isn't going to work with anybody. It's like, what? Is this guy just in, in everything for himself? That isn't who I am. It's never, like, who I've been. So, um what I would always do is I would, you know, I would build a relationship. I'd ask them if they're still training at the gym. I'd ask them how, you know, the nutrition's going or, you know, if which gym are they training at? You know, if, you'd done a, if they did triathlons, I'd ask them about the triathlons. You know, I'd just be a human being with them. I'd be a, a person like you would connect him with a friend. And if the opportunity came up to explain the business opportunity or the product, I'd always say, you know what, I might have something that could interest you, or I might have something for you. It might not be for you, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to recommend something that I do, or I'm going to recommend something that I use. And um, that's how I'd go about it. And then the other approach is, you know, you might know somebody that could help me. If it's somebody that you you kind of think might not be interested, it's almost the third-party approach always worked for me. Who do you know who? It's like, hey, you're still into your fitness, you're still into your training, you're still working at such and such a place. Build up that rapport. And then, hey, can I ask you a favor? And, it, and everybody, if you ask anybody, can, can, you, can you do me a favor? I would say nine out of ten people would always say, yeah, what is it? Like nobody ever says, no, I'm not going to do you a favor. Or they'll say, it, de- it depends what it is, right? Depends what it is. So that's them saying, yeah, tell me what it is that you want. And then I go in with... 
you know, I'm building a business at the moment. It's going pretty crazy. We're looking for some more hands on deck. Um, do you know anybody that would be interested in more money, you know, more time, more freedom, you know, being able to build a business online from the mobile phone? Um, in, in, you know, obviously my company's nutrition, in a nutrition sector. Um, and that's kind of the route that I go. There's the, they're the three approaches, really. The, the building the rapport, finding out if, the, if the, the questions that I ask relate to the product, then I'll bring up the product. Finding out if their questions relate to the business. Like a great one I always use is like, where are you going on holiday this year? Like that opens up two doors. It opens up a product door if they want to get in shape for the holiday. It opens up a business door if they're only taking a week this year because they can't afford two. Or they say, I can't go away this year because Mike's just lost his job and we're really struggling. So the where you go on hot, where you going on vacation this year is like a gold dust question you can ask anybody that will always bring up um, an opportunity to talk about your products or your business. Yeah, that's a great one. So let me throw some stats out for the audience so they know what happened year two through uh, five and a half in a mere three years or so, you've now got 15,000 active representatives, uh, sales of approaching $2 million a month, and 2,000 new people joining your group every month. And out of your 100 personally sponsored leaders, or personally sponsored people, you have inspired and coached 11 of those which is better than one out of 10, which is a fantastic ratio, to be what we call a leadership leg, which means they're self-sufficient. They're driving that leg deep. They're providing leadership and growth and mentoring and training to their own group. Not that you don't support them, but they don't need you. And that's a, those are a beautiful set of stats there, John. Congratulations on that. Yeah, and so it leads me to this question, obviously very successful in five and a half years. What would you say the biggest mistake is that you've made so far? Great question. Um, wow, that, that is a really good question. I think the biggest mistake I made at the beginning was going about it all wrong. It was like coming from me wanting it so bad for myself. And I think we don't, you know, I always go back to this. How do you recommend a movie? How do you recommend something to eat at a restaurant? How do you recommend a beach to go and visit? How do you recommend a hotel to to stay in? You don't kind of go, no, you really must stay at this hotel. Like, you really got to stay at this hotel. I'm going to make sure that you stay at this hotel. I'm going to ring the hotel up for you, and I'm going to personally book it for you. Like, we don't recommend hotels like that for people, but when I started network marketing, that's what I was doing. I'd printed off the packs. I was sticking them in people's faces. I was messaging them all the time, and I did it all wrong right at the beginning. And I think a lot of people that did that, probably not in the industry anymore because you're feeding yourself to the lions you're setting yourself up for a no and I think it's a bit of a slow death for a lot of people where they kind of do that for two months and they don't really get anywhere so that that was probably my biggest mistake in the early days Um, my other biggest mistake is probably wanting it for some people more than they wanted it for themselves Um, and trying tell us about that yeah, I think sometimes as a leader, you can kind of really spend too much time with certain people just because you get on with them really well. Like that, that the, the buddy thing is great. Of course it is. It's an amazing piece of advice. And I, I would say that to anybody. Find someone who's just as obsessed with their future as you are with yours. But then once you get them into that leadership position, I think sometimes we can fall on, on this one where we lean into our strongest leg. And instead of kind of forgetting about that leg we sh- and go out and build new really, really, really big legs and strong legs, we kind of lean on the one which is uh, the biggest one. And it, it happens in fitness as well. It's called the path of least resistance. So your body, or if you're ever squatting in the gym or lifting weights, the point where it hurts is usually when you take the weight down to the, low, the lowest angle where the muscle starts to tear a little bit. Now, subconsciously, once you get to that pain, 
a lot of people push the weight back up straight away because they hit that point of least resistance where they don't want to go any further. And I think that's what happens in network marketing sometimes where we get in this kind of, we're working it, but we're only taking it down so far. We're leaning into the, the strongest leg and putting too much time and energy into that when really that leg's either going to sink or swim on its own. If it's strong enough, then you're going to have to give it the test and, and, and see if it's strong enough by giving it the test of time. And um, that's probably what I did wrong, uh, uh, I'd probably say about nine months ago. And now I'm, I'm back in recruitment mode. I think I've brought in like eight new people this month. And I feel like I'm starting again. I'm, I've never been as excited about the business and about the opportunity as I am right now. I just think this is... This this thing that we're going through right now with social media and network marketing as an industry, how the industry's really getting cleaned up, and it's thanks to you know your stuff, Richard, and you know the things that other people are doing out there, the books, the credibility, the great speakers, and uh, we're really coming onto this kind of new wave in the industry where I think people are going, you know what, this is cool. I put a video out the other day when I was in Vegas and. Um, I just said what I did, and people have been asking me, and I put up a video, and I honestly expected to get some negativity on the post. It got shared a hundred times. I had no negativity whatsoever, and it's kind of like changed in five years, where if I'd have done that five years ago, I'd have got shot down so many times. But now it's like, yeah, this is real. You can do this. You know, you can live anywhere in the world, build a business from your mobile phone, help other people get where they need to be, and you'll get where you need to be. And uh, it's a beautiful thing about the business. So they're my kind of, I know I've kind of gone on to something else slightly there, but they're the That's lessons good. that I've learned and um, the the things that I would say are my biggest mistakes. The first one being pitching too hard and going at it the wrong way, and then the second one kind of leaning on my strongest line a little bit too much. Got it. So... Next question. Let's talk about personal development. It's obvious you're a great student. You've studied a lot of stuff. What stuff has been the most influential for you? What are your favorite books or audio programs or authors or coaches or seminars? Yeah, cool question. Um, Jim Rohn for me is just the, the greatest you know, philosopher and everything that he says, it just you can relate it to anything right now. I just I just love what Jim talks about and the way he puts it across. There's no hype behind it. It's just like common sense, you know, the the law of sowing and reaping and sharing a good idea and getting people to work together and creating that culture. That was kind of the thing that changed my mindset on it all and I thought, wow, this is possible. Um and it's interesting, you know, the four-year career, which is a great book. Somebody actually came up to me at an event. I had never read it. I hadn't heard about it. And uh, this lady called Sue said to me, John, you've got to read this book. It's like incredible. It's kind of your story. I mean, it's not about you, but it is your story. And when I read it, I was like, this is gold dust. This is something that I recommend to everybody now. And it's kind of got, you know, you've done a great job on it, man, where it's got the the, the, the kind of the business mechanics, how it actually works, the power of numbers and building momentum, but you've also got the philosophy in there as well of, of how it all pieces it together. So that's that's up there for me. I'm a big Napoleon Hill fan. I've just read Outwitting the Devil. Obviously, Think and Grow Rich is really, really famous, but Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill is probably up there now in one of my top five books. Um, especially, you know, when I talk about eliminating the kryptonite in your life all the time, like this book where Napoleon Hill basically takes you through his interview with the devil and how the devil kind of controls people and gets them to buy into negativity and takes them off track and distracts them. And, you know, whether you're a religious guy or not is, is kind of irrelevant on it. They're just the lessons within the book are just perfect and you can all you can read that book and it'll it'll take you to a place where you can relate to it yourself during your own journey and um, that that's a really powerful one for me i read the secret when i was at a low point in my life and uh, you know i'm a big believer in that kind of stuff focusing on what you want and how you can achieve it like that's all i try and do now i focus on what i want why it's going to happen and how i can achieve it rather than what I don't want and how to avoid it, if that makes sense. It's like, start focusing on what you want. If you want 10 new frontline this month, start focusing on, 
I want 10 new frontline this month. Where am I going to get them from? How am I going to achieve it? And when's it going to happen? And if you start doing that, saying that self-talk, you know, going through that, that process in your mind rather than I can't find anybody this month, I'm really struggling to recruit this month. You know, whatever you put out there is what you attract. So I'm a big believer in that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a great student. I always say the car's a university on wheels. Um, any book that kind of edifies the industry is great. Um, anything on personal development, Tony Robbins stuff, again, great, great stuff there. And, um, you know, you can be listening to the radio, which is 90% negativity or sad love songs that are going to get you depressed. Um, or you can listen to personal development, which is going to strengthen your mind muscle, you know, and that's all you've got to do in this business. You've got to be bulletproof. You've got to have that rhino skin. You've got to have that ability to to walk into a room and know that you're the man. You're going to crush it. You're going to be the best speaker. You're going to be the guy that closes everybody on the night in the meeting, and no matter how many people think negative about the products or the business, it's totally irrelevant because your belief and your conviction is so strong that nothing can stop you. And personal development plays a massive role in that for anybody. And I actually set my new guys a challenge. I'll, I'll send them a YouTube link of Jim Rohn. As soon as someone signs up, I'll say, watch that. Let me know what you love about it. If they message me back within 24 hours with a, a, a thing like, this was incredible, then I know they're serious. It takes them two weeks and I know they're not that serious about it. So uh, it's kind of like a little yep. bit of homework challenge for them. Yeah, good acid test. I love acid tests. To, it's a great way to find out if people are just just excited, but they don't have that resolve or that commitment. Just take advantage of people's initial excitement to give them assignments. You know, put together a list of 20 people or watch this video and send me tomorrow morning what you learned from it or read the four-year career and let's talk about it. And when you give people those acid tests, you find out really quick who's worth working with. And people that tell you, uh, yeah, I'll watch that video tonight or I'll read that book by tomorrow night, and then they don't do it, uh, doesn't mean they won't ever do it. But people that don't do what they say they're going to do, people that don't keep their word, it's not that they're bad people. It's, it's part of our culture that people just don't have a powerful relationship with their word. It doesn't mean anything to them to make promises. Yeah, I'll come to the meeting or yeah, I'll get on the webinar. And because they said they would, for most people, doesn't mean anything. They're just as likely to change their mind and that's okay with them. And, and obviously, you know, to be successful in a business like this, you got to make promises to other people, but more importantly, you got to make promises to yourself that this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do today. This is what I'm going to do this week. This is what I'm going to accomplish this month. And if you don't have a powerful relationship with your word, you're just not going to get it done. You're going to let every distraction on the planet take you out of the game. So looking for people who have a powerful relationship with their word, perhaps they don't give it as easily but when they do and they actually follow through in the time frame that they promised, those are extraordinary people to really dedicate yourself to and inspire and keep giving them assignments, keep giving them direction. So my last question for you, John, is so you've been at this five and a half years. You're, how old are you? I'm 32. 32, been at it five and a half years. So let's Fast forward to 42. 42 years old, you're still not even halfway done with your life. By the time uh, you pass away, modern technology and medicine and healthcare is easily going to put you over 100 years old. So at 42 years old, you're not even halfway done yet, but yet, that's 10 more years as a network marketer. Share with people what your vision is for who you're going to be in the network marketing profession and who you're going to be as a human being. What are you going to build and who are you going to be at the age of 42? 
And I know you probably don't have an exact plan for 42, so make it up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I get, I get it, though. I get the question. I think for me, I'm, I'm the guy that's in the industry for everyone that, that was like me, that, that was doubted, that had the friends, you know, take the mickey out of them and say it would never work and it would never last. I'm, the, I'm in it for the guys that are struggling right now, that are, like, waiting for the break. And they're the ones that I really want to inspire. And, um, you know, for me personally, for my own business, I want to open up new lines in different countries. I'm really excited to find leaders and work with people that are hungry and, and want it as, as much as I want it. And um, that's where I want to go with the with the company. But from a network marketing angle specifically, you know, I've got some visions on some uh, generic trainings and some books. And, and, and like I said, just building something that the guy who's struggling can relate to and if somebody says to me you know i heard your call or i saw your video on youtube and it, it got me over a little speed bump or it helped me over a hurdle then it's all been worth it i think there's so many so many exciting things to look forward to i met a guy the other week who's 16 years old can't wait until he's 18 to join the industry he's got a passion for helping more people he wants to launch his own company he's an african guy he wants to launch his own kind of water um water product that will help people in africa get more water and i just thought what a mindset to have at such an age and it's helping people like him the best guys haven't even joined yet the best guys probably don't even know what network marketing is yet like that's where this thing is going and um for me it's to edify the industry to keep cleaning it up and um showing people that this is a true profession you know we we join this business of course we join it for ourselves but and our families but you know when you get involved in the mechanics of it and you're actually involved in the trenches and you're building front line you soon realize that it's much more fun to see your people up there getting recognition than it is getting the recognition yourself and i I've always helped people. That's kind of where I've been. I've always loved to see people grow and train people and, and show them what's possible. And, and that's where I want to take this industry and, and my, you know, with the company and with the industry itself. I think there's a lot of people out there that are disillusioned, that are looking for something else. And I kind of feel like we go to school with all these dreams and ambitions of what we want to be when we're older. And we get them beaten out of us by school and college, and by the time you leave, you just settle in for the average. And network marketing, it just gives people the ability to dream again. You know, you get a second chance. All right, you didn't make it as a movie star. You didn't make it as a soccer player. You didn't make it in the NFL. But guess what? With network marketing, you've got another shot, and uh, it's for anybody. And that's what I love about it. And there'll be people listening to this call tonight that are like, wow, I... This is my chance. This is my chance. And they're going to run with this business and, they, and they're going to do something incredible with it. And not only that, they're going to inspire a load of other people as well. And for me, it's about throwing more great things out there into the universe, putting that energy out there and coming from a place of of giving and uh, giving not to receive, just giving because it feels great to give and give advice and give knowledge and, and help people with the lessons that you've learned so they don't have to fall down the same traps so that's kind of where i see it going and i'm excited about the growth i'm excited about new countries i'm excited about traveling more and um, doing more cool stuff and having a lot more fun with it you know yeah i'll bet you are i i, I would love to check in with you year like three four years from now john see what you've built i i imagine it will be five to ten times bigger than what you have now, really extraordinary contributions, not only to the Juice Plus team, but to our entire profession. So congratulations. You're, you're an extraordinary student. That's the number one thing I would say about you is uh, I'm always appalled at, you know, when, <clears throat> when people ask to be successful in network marketing, when they, when they look at an opportunity, they look at a comp plan, they look at a product, they look at a, a team of mentors, and they raise their hand and they say, yeah, I want to be successful too. Uh, you know, I want to earn five grand a month or, or $10,000 a month. I find those numbers to be about the two most common higher-end goals that people have. And of course, when they get there, they may want a lot more, but 
What I like to remind people of is, you know, if you're asking me to teach you in the next four or five years how to earn just $5,000 a month in residual income, which, you know, in a four-year business plan, obviously very few people do that, and it's not because very few people can do it. It's just that most people don't muster up the motivation and they end up giving up and it just becomes a casual opportunity for them where they use the product and maybe recommend a little bit of it. But for anybody that's serious about the business and will really dedicate themselves and work and be mentored for four or five years, $5,000 a month is a very realistic goal. Obviously, you've earned a great deal more than that. But what I like to remind people is, remember what you're asking of me and asking of the opportunity. You're asking me to mentor you, and you're asking this opportunity to provide the abundance to make you a millionaire in the next four or five years. $5,000 a month in pure residual income is, is an asset worth a million dollars. And if, you, if I was a real estate developer or investor and you came to me and said, hey, I want to work with you for the next four or five years and I want you to make me a millionaire in four or five years, imagine the capital that you'd have to invest. Imagine the capital you'd have to risk in the loans that you took out and to make a million dollars in four or five years in real estate, I mean, you got you got to be leveraging, you know, five or ten million dollars, and you got to do it. You can't make any mistakes. Or imagine I'm in equities. You know, I'm a stockbroker. I'm an investment advisor, and you come to me and say, "Hey, I want to become a millionaire in the next four or five years. Mentor me to invest to become a millionaire." Well, yeah, I'd say, "Well, okay, great. Let's start with." a quarter of a million dollar investment and I'll show you how to invest it. And maybe if we hit some home runs in four or five years, you might be a millionaire. So I like to remind people, remember what you're asking for. You're asking to invest less than a thousand dollars in most cases. You're asking to invest maybe 10 or 15 hours a week. And you're not even asking you're, you're not, the setup isn't even that you do that part-time because I'm not telling you exactly when to work. The setup is you're going to do it sometimes. You're going to actually work whenever you feel like working. And maybe it's 10 or 15 hours a week, and maybe you're investing $1,000. You want to keep your full-time job or your occupation, and you want me to partner with you, and you want this opportunity to partner with you, and four or five years from now, you want to be a millionaire. Are you crazy? The expectation is extraordinary, and yet it's realistic. But here's the atrocity of our profession. What most people bring to the party as their part of the partnership isn't even the work ethic and the discipline to study the things that you've studied. You know, like early in this call, John, you said you know Jim Rohn word for word. I'm assuming that's one of his, you know, more popular auto, audio series. But that's what yeah, it takes. The network marketing you know, I, things. People tell me, well, you know, I read the four-year career. Well, that's great. <laughs> you know, uh, I listened to the teacher do the ABCs once too. <laughs> but that didn't learn, lead to me learning how to read and write. How many times have you studied the four-year career? Can you teach the four-year career for an hour without notes? Do you own it? If you don't own Think and Grow Rich, The Magic in Believing, you know, Jim Rohn's some of his best material, if you don't own Mach 2, if you don't own the four-year career, then you're an amateur asking to become a millionaire, and it's just not going to happen. And I can tell just dead solid perfect, John, what's led to your success is you've brought that commitment. Uh, you've brought that gratitude. Gratitude is such a huge part of it, you know, where, where somebody actually realizes, you know, Jay Martin and Jeff Roberti and, the, you know, the people that laid everything on the line in the beginning for Juice Plus, 
these people have provided me an extraordinary opportunity, and I'm so grateful that I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm going to master everything they asked me to master. So I acknowledge you for providing such a great role model for people in our profession where you really get it, what people were offering you as an opportunity, and you didn't take it for granted, and you were grateful, and you just didn't read the book. You studied the book until you could teach it. And that's, that, that makes you worth millions of dollars in our profession. So I'm going to wrap this, John, with uh, inviting you to ask me one question. I know you're not prepared to ask it because I don't prepare anybody for any of these questions. But you got okay. one question to ask me. What yeah. do you want to ask me as we wrap this up? I think my, my question would be if you were to write another book on the industry and on, on top-line leadership, which five chapters would you have in there? On leadership? Yeah, on like top-line. So this would be a book for somebody that had kind of been in the industry a while and got a really, you know, had already got a big team. You know, not somebody just starting out. This would kind of be a, a, a higher-end leadership book. Yeah, well, uh, that's on my list to write. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm writing a book uh, on building an ethical and honorable network marketing empire. Um, but the leadership book, top five chapters, uh, first and foremost, would be vision and self-motivation. I think that's like the number one thing that defines a leader. You spoke it very articulately when you talked about coming back from the event in Germany. You came back from the event in Germany with a different quality of vision for your business. And vision to me isn't a dream. It isn't uh, a fairy tale. It isn't just uh, you know, whispering, I would sure love for this to happen, for a story to be defined as a vision in my book, the story has to be steeped in conviction. It has to be steeped in clarity. It has to ooze inevitability. So most people get in network marketing with a story in their head that sounds like maybe I can make some money. And the maybe isn't usually a negative maybe. It's not a pessimist maybe or they wouldn't get in. So what, how I would label it is they probably think they can make some money. The way they see the opportunity is um, – that it's, it's possible at least. So when people see possibilities, positive possibilities, they make some moves. And what those moves look like is they might get involved in your organization. But they're not going to sustain going through the ups and downs and the disappointments and the distractions to build an organization until they ratchet that vision up to so that the story sounds, goes from possible to probable. When the story goes from possible to probable, boy, the, the, uh, the conviction goes way up. And there's a direct correlation, which I write about in my book, Mach 2, between vision, the way I define vision, and self-motivation. And I believe the key to everything we're doing, if there's a secret it's self-motivation. And self-motivation is a story. It, it's, it's, the vision is the story we tell ourselves, and to the degree that we have conviction in that story, to the degree that we believe that story, to the degree that that story has, lives in full living color for us, like a movie, like a world-class movie that's a riveting story being told, to the degree that's present, you and I are motivated. 
And I define motivation as uh, enthusiasm and persistence and courage and creativity. And it's the actual, the, the energies that cause us to act and act powerfully. You know, one of the fundamental acts of building an empire is to just on a very consistent basis invite people to take a look at your opportunity, no matter how you do it. I mean, certainly there's better ways and worse ways, but that's not where most people go wrong. Where most people go wrong is they don't ever do it enough. They may invite one or two people a week instead of one or two people a day. And yet, uh, you know, I, I don't, you, some people have probably heard me do this demonstration, but if your company paid you $100 for everyone you invited, but you had to invite two people a day or you're fired, you're terminated, you can't ever be in the company, you can't ever get back in the company but they'll pay you $100 for everybody you invite as long as you invite two a day. So you get at least 200 bucks a day just for inviting people. Now do you know who to invite? Now do you know what to say to people? Now do you know what to do if they say no? We all have the capability to build an empire here. We're just not motivated. We have a different story, which sounds like, oh, gee, I don't know who to talk to. Oh, gee, I don't know what to say to them oh my gosh, what if they say no, I'll be devastated. And those stories are visions, and they take people out of the game. So the first thing that would be in my book of leadership is mastery of the concept of vision and self-motivation so that what really powerful leaders do is they have a vision of inevitability. The three phases are possible, probable, and inevitable. And the way, when, when you have a story and the way you hold it and the way you tell it is that it's inevitable, that it's coming to pass, then you are highly, highly motivated to make it happen. Second piece that would be in my leadership book, you also spoke about, John, uh, which would be making it about other people coming from service and, you know, because our opportunity is so fraught with financial abundance and most pitches are unfortunately all about cars and homes and trips and retirement and, you know, tons of income, it tends to call out in us as the prospect, as the person looking at the opportunity, it calls out the worst in us because it it, it inspires us to actually think about the cars we want to drive and the homes we want to live in and the vacations that we want to take and the clothes we want to wear and the jewelry we want to wear and, and the, the richness that we want in our life financially. And that inspires uh, not our highest behavior. What inspires our highest behavior is, is serving other people. And, you know, Zig Ziglar might have said it best and simplest, maybe corny, but nobody's ever said it better. You get everything in life you want when you help enough other people get what they want. The third thing that would be in my book of leadership is uh, listening. Cool. And I don't mean when I say listening, hearing. I mean actually a, uh, a concept that we teach in Bliss Business called Being Present, which is the short course on that is when you and I are quote unquote listening to people talk to us, what that looks like for almost all of us is we're also at the same time having a conversation in our head while somebody's talking to us. And what we're doing is we're analyzing what they're telling us we're judging what they're telling us. We're agreeing with what they're telling us. We're disagreeing with what they're telling us. We're wishing they would hurry up and get to the point. We're wishing they would hurry up and take a breath so we can jump in with our own agenda. And it's highly disruptive from a spiritual standpoint to have a conversation with yourself while somebody is you, what they get is dishonored. What they get is a feeling that you're not there for them. You're not a receiver for them. 
you're not honoring who they are and what they have to say because really your listening is all about you. And so we teach a concept which is not new, um, but it's about being present. And, you know, you may have heard of some great world leaders that are acknowledged for there can be a hundred people in the room, but when you're talking to them, even though everybody wants their attention and everybody's pulling at their sleeve and no matter what's going on, they make you feel like you're the only person in the room. And that's what being present is all about. I could go on, but there's three for you, John. Yeah, okay. It would be yeah, in my book probably, of leadership. I could have probably said three. <laughs> we'll still be doing the call tonight. <laughs> All right, well, gang, uh, great call, John. Um, really, really good stuff. I'm so inspired by what a great student you are as, as a result. What an extraordinary leader, servant leader. I, I, I can just get from listening to you. You're an extraordinary coach and trainer and mentor and friend, and people are going to make millions around you, my friend. Hey Richard, I just want to say thanks for uh, the comments and the you know the platform to share the call and hopefully inspire some people tonight and um, you know eternally grateful. Let's uh, continue the mission and go and change some lives. You got it. I look forward to meeting you down the road somewhere sometime, John. Yeah, without a doubt, we'll have to make that happen for sure. Hey everybody, this has been John Holowaty with Juice Plus in Manchester, England, who's visiting and. Scottsdale, Arizona, for this call. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.